Kayla's been brushing her teeth because it's dark in your room, but when you smiled, I could see your teeth. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So we're talking on video chat right now. And because again, I'm in LA and Helene is in New York and my, there's no fucking lighting in my entire living and not dining room, I guess like the whole like entry and living room there's literally no overhead lighting anywhere and so we we've hung up like christmas lights which helps us see but when it comes to like video chatting like i li- i literally look like i'm one of those people on like criminal minds or something who's like testifying and they're on the news but you don't want to know who it is like i'm like a black silhouette and that's and then they they distort the voice so then you're yeah. like <laughs> I'm here on this podcast. At that point, you're like, you know what? We don't need the shadowy figure. Why don't you just black the screen out, put like a fun cartoon character? Like this is all too much. This is too much work. You could just black the screen and have the voice. We don't need a shadowy figure. Like if you're not going to show your face or at least wear a fun mask at least, make it entertaining. I'm sorry. What mask is fun? Aren't all masks terrifying? All masks are pretty terrifying. I actually, I know some people who like to wear masks to parties and I don't like it. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> but yeah, so hi, I'm Kayla. And I'm Helene. And this is High Crime. And we actually said it this time. We did say it. And by we, I mean you. <laughs> Whatever. Same same deal. Oh, my God. I got these baby Jeters. They're infused, and they're a hybrid Thin Mint cookies or something. It, I smoked not even a quarter of one joint, and they're, like, little. I am so high. Amazing. The Sativa one is really good. It's really fun. The The hybrid – if you smoke the whole thing, knocks you on your ass. So I'm really curious about the Indicas. I don't want to get them until I can just like have like a lazy weekend because I'm pretty sure, judging by how the hybrid was the level up on the Sativa, that the Indica will like knock me out for a couple days. Word. So holding off on that one. But they're really fun. We are a little behind schedule because we're – we usually want to post an episode on Wednesday and we're recording on Wednesday, but we should should jump off a cliff. (laughs) No, I was actually going to say the opposite. Like everything is awful. And I just talked to an astrologist who told me energies are really heavy right now. And that's why we're all so extra exhausted and just like, let us live and we'll post when we post. Oh, gotcha. I was like, (laughs) Disaster is imminent. We have we are an independent podcast, and we have not posted on the day we said we were going to post it. <laughs> I think we should be marched to the stake and burned. I mean, honestly, though, like, would I even care? Like, it is. We are on the darkest timeline anyway. Sometimes I feel like when I walk across the street, when there's no cars coming, but there's a car just far enough away, I'm like. I'm racing death. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So now that we got that out of the way, um, this episode, this story is inspired by the Oxygen series, Deadly Cults. And in particular, an episode about the vampire clan, because obviously I'm going to watch a documentary about people who think they're vampires. And it's a cult show. I love this. You know, I love cults. I know you love cults. Um, And I love vampires, but only if we're talking about the Lost Boys interview with a vampire, not Twilight. Word. I also want to see, because if you read my profile on our website, I am so loyal and um, like a golden retriever that I will join your cult, probably. So... (laughs) No. If, no. Well, I wouldn't join a cult. But like I have if if 
If you're I, basically, if this were that episode of Boy Meets World where Sean goes into the cult where they hug each other, you're Sean. Yeah, I'm Sean. I'm Corey. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I would definitely join the hugging cult. I love hugs. <laughs> I do love hugs, though. I love hu- I love hugs Honestly, from the right people. From the I right could, people. I could definitely be tricked into that cult because you know what? When you're an adult, you don't get to hug people as much. And so, like, I don't know. I feel like if I was having a really bad day, which it happens, like, I mean, hello, 2019. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like if somebody was just like, do you need a hug? I would be like, yes. And they would, I would be, they'd have me. Yeah. I feel like there's so many, like if someone had like an Ina Garden cult, I would definitely join that. I feel like I'm also good at recruiting for cults. Like I start talking to people about things that I'm a part of and I get people excited and like people to sign up for things. And I'm like, this is terrible. What am I getting you to do? Oh my God. Get them to listen to our podcast. I know. Well, I, I actually do. I actually have. I'm like, and then we have a podcast. And that's um, how, that's my genius that we have a podcast. I feel like I say more. Oh, do you like true? Like if I hear them saying they like true crime, that's like a cult leader being like, oh, like I heard you. I overheard you saying you were vulnerable. Oh my God. I, anytime I'm, I'm in like a bunch of different um, like murderino groups and all. I'm basically, I, it's like I am in high school. I'm in as many groups and clubs on Facebook as I can be because I just like to be a part of everything because as a cancer with anxiety, I am desperate to be needed and loved. Same. <laughs> and um, anytime, any fucking time, like I'm in like a red-handed group. I'm in like, uh, well, they got rid of the My Favorite Murder group. But you know, Anytime anyone is like, oh, I'm caught up on this podcast. What should I listen to? I'm like, high crime. It's the best. Listen to us. We are fun. We are your friends. Come join us. And we are both, we, well, not both. We are one former Catholic and one Jew. We are one, one Irish girl with bad teeth. And... <laughs> um. One Jewish know. girl with big hair. <laughs> no, I was just going to compare us big- to Georgia and Karen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, if you like my favorite murder, you should listen to us. It's like baby Georgia and baby Karen. I said we're the dollar store mur- <laughs> my favorite murder. Yes, we're the poor woman's my favorite murder. <laughs> I like. You know what? I'm not. I'm not mad at it. The five and ten cent, my favorite murder. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on because we can't make this whole podcast an ad for our podcast because murder anyone on listening a dime. is already listening to our podcast. Murder on a dime. Listen to high crime. Okay, well, I actually like that. Murder on a dime. <laughs> All right, we'll come are back you, to that. Are okay. you looking for cheap and accessible murder? <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so this is the Vampire Clan. Ready? Ready. Okay. On November 25th, 1996, we were six years old, Jennifer Wendorf was worried about getting in trouble for coming home late, which is normal. She's a 17-year-old. She's driving her new car past curfew. She doesn't want to be on the nice, but she's got this great new car. Um. Unfortunately for Jennifer, her 15-year-old sister, Heather, was not your typical teenage girl. She did not hang out with the quote-unquote normal crowd. And so poor poor 17-year-old Jennifer had to walk in on the brutal murder scene of her two parents, (gasps) Richard Wendorf and Naomi Ruth Queen, who by name alone sounds like a fucking badass. Yeah. And she had no idea where her sister was. So, like, she comes in, her parents are dead, and she can't find her 15-year-old sister. So she calls 911. I'm not going to play the call because Jennifer, in no way, shape, or form, did Jennifer do this. So we don't need to hear her call. She's pretty calm considering, but, like, at one point they ask, like, are you sure they're dead? And she's like, (laughs) hold on one sec. <laughs> Comfort's walking through. I'll tell you when she. 
<laughs> Daisy. Okay. <laughs> Daisy. Okay, good. All right. Sorry, Comfort was walking through. So, um, uh, oh yeah. So she was she was pretty calm considering, um, but they're like, "How are, do you know for sure that your parents are dead?" And she's like, "No." And she's like, "Well, did you check?" And she's like, "No, I can't. They're my parents." And I'm just like, "That is fucking brutal." Because like, you'd want to run to your parents and like, ch- but if they're like clearly like covered in blood, like and probably not alive, they're not making noises or anything, like it would be really hard to be the one to check and find no pulse. Yeah. That doesn't, I mean, this sounds really bad, but like if you walk into a brutal bloody crime scene, there's just parents like, fuck man. Oh, it's just not, sorry. It's just not, well, what am I going to say? It's <laughs> not like, it's probably, it's probably not a good sign. Like yeah, it's probably not alive. Okay. So the scene was apparently so bad that veteran detectives were taken aback by the bloodbath. And reporter and author Frank Stanfield said that there were pieces of skull found a room over. That's how brutal the attacks were. And one of the deputies, Deputy Taylor, said the scene was like a Jackson Pollock painting, except just one color since it was all blood that's a i like this analogy <laughs> that his quote had to include it's like a jackson pollock painting with just one color blood <laughs> and you're like there are okay as an art history nerd there are single color jackson pollocks it's not just the multicolored ones he has single colored ones you can see them at the guggenheim okay yeah i'm just saying i'm just okay (laughs) when like police were talking to jennifer and like is there anyone who'd want to hurt your family you know typical uh thing the only thing jennifer could come up with was heather's weird vampire friends obviously begs more questions uh yeah when you say weird vampire friends (laughs) i have several questions and i will let you continue because some of the questions i have are what what quantifies a vampire friend? Um, we'll soon learn. How do you become friends with vampire kids? What's a vampire cult? So many questions. Yeah, go on. This will be an illuminating night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Roderick Justin Farrell was born in Murray, Kentucky, in March 1980. He goes His by last Rod name is Farrell. His last name is Farrell. Yeah. So the this writes itself (laughs) like half the time you tell me these stories and you say the person's name and i'm like nope i already know they did it (laughs) they have a murdery name three names three names feral like there's judd there's always like something murder (laughs) roderick roderick yeah just something off about the name itself like what's in a name shakespeare asks don't name your kid something murdery. Like, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So Rod never really knew his father, who joined the military right after his birth. Um, he was raised by his mother, Sandra Gibson, and the pair lived on and off with his grand- his maternal grandparents. Um, they would have, like, falling outs and move out. And Rod's mother was more like a buddy than a parent, I guess, kind of Gilmore Girls-ish. They were living with his grandparents rod and his mother both wore dark colors which if you're watching a documentary about true crime wearing dark colors apparently means you are immediately a murderer so fuck me and one day they were spotted walking hand in hand outside and people thought they were boyfriend and girlfriend instead of mother and son Ooh, weird yeah sketchy so rod says that he has fantasized about death ever since he was a small child In particular, as a young child, he was fascinated by the electric chair. That's a weird thing to be obsessed with. I was obsessed with – I was also obsessed with death, but I was consumed by fear of my own death by pirates. 
I don't know if I ever mentioned that to you. No. I was like completely paranoid that pirates lived in my parents' backyard. And like I wouldn't go in my backyard as like for like a year because I was like so afraid there were pirates. Oh my God. That's so great. You know what? I was just listening to um I fucking love John Mulaney. I just think he is so funny. And is there something wrong with him? No, I love him. Oh, okay, good. I just was like, oh my God, is there a Me Too thing that I didn't know? Oh, oh my God, no. John Mulaney <sighs> is perfect. He is perfect. I love him. But he, I was listening to, um, because I listen to true crime all the time when I'm at work because everyone listens to like whatever in their headphones. And I was like, the other day I, I watched this like short stand-up video for some article I was working on. And I was like, hey, this is really nice that laughing instead of like being scared and stressed. And so I've been listening to just like a bunch of stand-up comedy lately. Not all good, but I revisited a bunch of John Mulaney stuff today and he's so fucking funny. And one of the things he was talking about was, um, I have forgotten what it is, but give me a second. Is it the one with the um, the... JJ with the detective that comes in to talk to the kids. What were you saying? Daisy. What am I ever saying? Oh fuck. Oh, oh, you were, oh, oh, okay. You were yeah, you were scared of death by pirates. John Mulaney was saying one he starts off one of his specials saying that now that he's an adult, there's like obviously a ton of shit to worry about. But he's realizing that there is a lot of stuff that he was scared of as a kid, like that he'd have to worry about in adulthood that he never comes across. And one of them is quicksand. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) I thought there'd be so much more quicksand. Like, oh, don't take the five. Like, it's a little quicksandy. Like, and I feel like that's this, like, everybody has this thing that they're like, oh, I was really scared about that. And you're like, yeah, nothing fucking matters. I feel like things are passed down for so long and like, well, actually knowing about quicksand is important if you live somewhere where there is quicksand. He did not. No, most of us (laughs) don't. Yeah. When you say quicksand, all I think about is the scene in The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Also, I was like convinced, like I used to be when there would be like mud, my friends and I used to be like, oh, no, we're in quicksand. (laughs) All the fun things. Also, I would still find that hilarious and fun and (laughs) no one else would. And I feel like you're just all uh, boring. Boring. Yeah. (laughs) So Rod was not boring. Um, he later said, so he was particularly fascinated in death by electric chair, but he also said, I don't care how I die as long as I do so. And in my notes, I wrote, well, buddy, I've got great news for you because, uh, we're all going to die. Oh my God. Kayla spoilers. (laughs) I mean, I haven't seen the last episode yet (laughs) of all Uh, of life. (laughs) Uh, so he, he says that he was abused by his grandparents and his grandfather, uh, assaulted him when he was young, but like, I always take that kind of stuff seriously, but there's no proof. No charters were brought. That was horrible. If it happened, we don't know if it did, but when they weren't living with the grandparents, when they were like on the outs with them, Rod and his mom would stay in public housing. His mom would work as an exotic dancer or a sex worker to make ends meet. And his mother, oh God, I forgot about this. His mother later admitted that she had dabbled in vampirism herself. As what? if that's just a normal part of growing up. Yeah. Also, the fact that she was an exotic dancer and sex worker has nothing to do with the fact, like, has nothing on her char- moral character that. She also is a vampire person. Yeah, no, no, no. No, absolutely not. Not demonizing the sex worker or any of that. Like, you know, props to her for doing whatever she needs to to take care of her kid. But yeah, she, you wonder where he gets it. She dabbled in vampirism and she said it so casually. And she's looking back on, she called that time of her life Hollywood idiocy. But the thing is, the way she talks about it makes it seem like it was decades ago, but this was something that she had done recently 
when this was all happening in 1998. She recently in, well, not recently now, but like at that time. Yeah, like at the time of like the crimes, like she talks about it like, oh, that was so stupid. That was Hollywood idiocy. But it's like, man, that was like a year ago. You know? But also, what does she mean by dabble in vampirism herself? So she was charged with trying to entice a 14-year-old boy into having sex with her in a yeah. blood-drinking vampire rite known as crossing over, which will come up again in this story. Um, and she pled guilty, was placed on probation with the condition that she seek counseling. Wow. She should be in fucking jail. Yeah, so she, that is, so this is just to give you, like, just to give the full picture of, because I'm never going to say that, like, their circumstances excuse their behavior, but sometimes when you hear about someone who committed a crime and then you hear their circumstances, you're like, okay, I'm not condoning it, but I see how you got there, you know? Yeah, that's, that's how I feel. Well, we'll talk about it on the next episode oh, about Aaron Hernandez. Um, Aaron Hernandez. I'm like, when you watch it, you're like, I, I don't condone serial killing. However, I don't condone multiple murderings. Yeah. However, I see how you got there. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the case with Rod, I feel like, because, I mean, his mom literally got charged with something that had to do with vampirism. But, okay. And about, pedophilia. Yeah. That, they, I don't... I don't know how she – well, I was going to say I don't know how she got away with just probation, but our country doesn't take sexual assault seriously even when it is children. So We live in a horrible dump fire. Dumpster <laughs> fire. Do not come here. <laughs> okay. So as the story often goes, Rod was an outcast at school. He smoked weed. He took LSD. He wore, like, you know, the – baggy pants and that long hair and all this typical stuff. If you watch any true crime that has to do with satanic panic, I mean, those are the signs. They wear dark colors and it's like, oh, they're, they're evil. Um, but he did, he, he got um, more into cocaine and heroin. Sometimes he do it at the same time, which obviously if you're dealing with any kind of mental illness and you're already not in a good place, that obviously is not going to help. Num- number one thing to take away from this episode, folks, if you are going through something or are living today, don't do an eight ball to take away your problems. Don't do it. Don't do an eight ball. It's not going to help. No. So he was expelled from school in ninth grade, which I think happened. So like, he was living with his grandparents and his mom in Kentucky. They moved to Florida, which I'll go more into. Um, And then they end up moving back to Kentucky and Rod fucking hated Kentucky. Like I'm sure if he's this alternative kid, especially in like, this is still just the nineties. Of course, Kentucky is going to be worse off because it's so, I don't know. I'm I'm sure it, it, I just feel like it's smaller feeling. Where did they move from? Well, they were in Kentucky and then they moved to Florida and then they went back to Kentucky. So it's not like they moved to like anywhere super liberal, but still a, a little more freedom than maybe Kentucky would offer. Sure. Um, Although if it, you've been in rural Florida, let me y- just say. Yeah, Florida is also a dumpster fire, but he fucking hated Kentucky. And so, like, he rebelled uh, once they went back. And oh, <laughs> I was trying to decipher my notes. I was I wrote that he loved Florida, and I was, like, questioning his judgment seems – silly at this point because we know what's going on but I still was like Florida really not that I would prefer Kentucky but um he started acting out more and more on May 30th 1996 which is seven months before the murder Rod's mom came home to find that her son had carved an inverted crucifix into his chest as one does yep And Rod said, my bedroom was an array of the darker side of the occult, such as the Necronomicon, the Satanic Bible. I'm sure I said that wrong. I had upside down crosses. I had broken shards of glass lying about in the corner. I had hooks and metal cables wrapped around looking like Hellraiser. What if 
how about this? What if like all these Satan, Satan, <laughs> the, the soy product? What if all these? That's um, so funny because I pictured like a drag queen. Oh, Satan. <laughs> um, <laughs> hi, I'm Miss Satan. What if all those satanic cult members, they like go to hell and then it's like a Hello Kitty paradise? It's oh like, my God, I love that. Like everything's like pink and cutesy. Yeah, everything's That's just so like funny. Like bubble chairs from the 2000s. Oh my like, God. <laughs> that just made me instantly happy. Right? <laughs> bubble chairs. I feel like hell is nothing like we think it will be. I think, I think it probably, I think it is more like the good place. Yeah, it's like the good place. I feel like we're going to go to the place that is not the place. that The, the medium place? Yeah, I think we'll go to the medium place because I'm not, I'm, I'm no angel. That's a t-shirt I bought at the beach when I was 13. <laughs> 13, that is three years before Rod became a vampire. Um, that was me getting back on topic. Did you like okay. it? Okay. I like it. I never stay on topic. (laughs) Uh, Oh, right. So I said, this is when Rod became a vampire around 16, but not in the way that 90s daytime talk shows warned you about, like Sally Mm -hmm. Jesse, like he's wearing baggy pants and he's listening to Screamo. No, he believed he was a vampire. At least that's what he told people. And like, he thought he was like this 500 year old vampire. Like, okay. So after he moved back to Kentucky, detectives said he had kind of like a new charisma about him and he used it to prey on others to join his vampiric clan. He even took on a new name, Visago, which was based on a character he plays in the game Vampire the Masquerade. Amazing. Yep. Also, this kind of makes me think of what we do in the shadows, except... They're actually vampires, and it's a comedy, and it's fucking – have you watched it? No. Oh, my God. So there's a movie by the director, Taika Waititi, and it's uh, Jermaine from Flight of the Concords, and it's a group of vampires living in a flat together in New Zealand. (laughs) And it's like they're doing like an office-style documentary – but for with fucking vampires, it is it's so good that after I watched it, I bought it on iTunes like immediately because I was like, I need I to be able to watch this whenever I want. I love it. And they made a TV series that I believe is on FX and it's not the same characters. These vampires, I think, are in I think they're in like New York somewhere. I think they're in like Brooklyn, maybe it's something funny. Um, they're, they're foreign vampires, but they live in like, you know, on Long Long Island or something, but Beanie Feldstein is in it and she's a fucking comic genius. I love her so much. And it's nice because it's like a lot of the same people made it, but it's not just like putting the movie on screen. Like it's a different storyline. It's one of the best examples I've seen of when they've decided to make a show out of a movie. Like, it's really well done and it's hilarious. Um, but they have names like that, like Visago, like cool, old-timey sounding word names. <laughs> what would your vampire name be, Kayla? Oh, shit. I don't know if I can think of a cool name. <laughs> you, just have to, you just have to put syllables together. Like, mine would be like, La Sabre Wood. <laughs> Just put together some like old timey sounds and like a little French, you know, like a little, a little old, French. Yeah. A little like, you know, old school French. Like, um, good thing I took Spanish. <laughs> you'd be a, you could be a, a vaguely, you could be a Latin, like something Latin based, you know, like just like um, put some sounds together. Nothing will come out. <laughs> That's okay. Your vampire name will come to you eventually. Okay, I'll just I'll just yell it out. Just yell it out. No matter where you are, even if you're at work at Vashira. Vashira. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh so Rod said, I tried to embrace the lifestyle of being a vampire and being so young, my mind latched onto it so deeply, so tenaciously that I got lost inside it. 
lost in the sauce happens to all of us. <laughs> so when when I'm talking about this clan, like I'm picturing, and I watched a documentary, so it's part of it, but I'm picturing a group of like like four or five people, which also could be because I'm picturing the characters from the Lost Boys. But <laughs> apparently at one point, there were almost 30 people in Rod's clan. He's a fucking 16-year-old. Whoa. Like, 30 people that he's convincing to drink his blood to become vampires with him. Like, I'm just trying to get followers on Instagram and it's like pulling teeth. And this bitch is getting people to drink his blood and let them drink, let him drink their blood. This goes to show you that people are way freakier than they appear. Yes. Like, yeah, Always that's your remember that. Always remember that. Somebody, <laughs> you look at like, a grandpa you look at like parents rolling a stroller there's some freaky shit going behind their minds and you will never ever know <laughs> so yeah do i is it so hard for me to believe that 30 if if take if given the offer to drink someone's blood they'd be like yeah let's do it no <laughs> i'm not surprised at all humans are freaks especially americans yeah. One of my favorite parts of the Deadly Cult episode about this is that this, I don't remember who he was, but some old white guy was describing like how he was trying to kind of capture the essence of like how scary and weird Rod was. And his example, like his anecdote to prove that is that Rod would sit in the sun even when it was hot out. And normally he'd be wearing a black trench coat even if it was hot in Florida. Like, they were just like, he would just sit there. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, All right. Should he just not ever go outside in black? There I mean, which is in Florida. There's no way, you know? Somebody's wearing a coat in Florida. He must be a vampire. <laughs> um, another fun Ooh. fact about Rod, he has samurai swords because of fucking course he does. He probably also has a fedora that he wears around for no apparent reason. Um, I'm so, ex- I'm so over him. <laughs> um, but this is where it gets serious because one day an officer saw, he was like outside playing with his samurai swords and he was like talking about his skills and how great he was at it and whatever. And the officer was just kind of like, yeah, like, okay, whatever. And they thought it was like, they thought it was just like joking and he was just being weird. And then he goes, you don't see any cats around here, do you? While he's playing with his swords. I do not That's like that. I don't That's like a, that. No, that uh, tells me that he's being, he's goading the cops that he's killed cats or drinking cats. Yep. Tonight um, we're drinking some cats because we're vampires. Don't drink cats. I mean, I, I guess drink cats over dogs, but still. I was just making a song, like, what they would sing. If if this vampire crew sang cutesy songs like that. Yeah. Tonight we're drinking <laughs> cats because we're vampires and we drink people's blood, but also cats. <laughs> um, in... 1990, Sandra's parents bought a home in Eustace, Florida. This is where shit goes down because it's Florida, so of course it does. Also in a place called Eustace, Florida. <laughs> I'm already like, Eustace, Florida. All right. <laughs> where people drink cats and kill their parents and bite people's necks because they're freaky vampires in Eustace, Florida. Like, it's just, yeah. Yep. And this is where Rod met Heather Wendorf. Heather mm-hmm. was an artist of free spirit. She was the complete foil to her straight edge, hardworking cheerleader sister, Jennifer. I already don't like Jennifer, even though she didn't murder her parents. I know. <laughs> sounds like the boring one. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, because the thing is, they were describing, when they were describing Heather, I felt like they were describing me. Like, she wasn't as popular as her sister. She was artsy. She wore outlandish outfits and dyed her hair a lot of different colors. And I was like, fuck, I, I'm describing myself. But I promise you, I have never thought of killing my parents. 
Um, okay. He moved back to Kentucky sophomore year of high school and he and Heather racked up expensive phone bills from calling each other and just talking for hours. And Heather's parents finally got sick of paying the bills and told Heather to knock it off. And apparently that made her very angry at her parents. Um, so when anybody's like, I want to go back to the 90s, it's like, no, you don't. You could only have friends in your area. Otherwise, it cost a gazillion dollars to call true. them. Yeah, and you'd have to – like. If you were making plans with someone, like, bad shit happens to me all the time, and I'm always running late. So, like, I need to be able to text someone, like, hey, I'm stuck behind an accident, or, like, my car won't start, or I overslept, or I'm just late because of who I am as a person. But, like, if you made plans, you could only call the person if you knew they were home, and if they had already left, like, oh, you're fucked. Now you either meet them or don't meet them. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just send a text and they're like, oh, we'll come back later. Yeah, no. Although that also had people keep their plans more. Yeah. And cancel in advance. Like, if you were feeling unsure that you could make an event, you would. You couldn't maybe it. You had to cancel. Yeah. Well, people are going to suck no matter what's going on in technology. And people are going to suck because there's people who think they're vampires, correct? Yes. Here we go. Rod and Heather also exchanged letters a lot while he was in Kentucky. And one of the letters, if you do any research on this, you'll see it come up over and over again. It's in the documentaries. They One of the letters that Heather wrote to Rod, one of the sentences with no other context is, blood would taste really good right now. Maybe ice cream? Hey. What am I saying? Blood is good all the time. Wow. I, yeah. uh, I'm slightly concerned. Although I am picturing like what... Blood ice cream? Well, well what, what's the ice cream reference? I think she's just saying like blood could be good like or ice cream. No, blood's always good. You know, like, I don't know. It's I, very fucked up and weird. But I feel like that – because otherwise, I don't know if she meant blood ice cream. Now I'm picturing blood sausage but in an ice cream pint, and it doesn't look good. Now I'm thinking of different ways that blood could be like like a Sweeney Todd ice cream parlor oh. situation. <laughs> Would you like a scoop, sir? <laughs> <laughs> While Heather is fighting with her parents in Florida about long-distance phone calls or whatever, Rod is recruiting people for his – Cult is the only thing we can say, I guess, because there is there like a vampire word for like brood. I'm not going to say coven because they don't get the label of coven. What if they're called garlic knots? Oh my god! Because <laughs> they can't be near garlic. Um, one of his first recruits was a 16 year old named Howard Scott Anderson, who was living in poverty with an alcoholic father who abused his mother, aka this is how cults work. They prey on the vulnerable. In October 1996, Rod reportedly broke into the Murray Calloway County Animal Shelter in Kentucky. And the The next next part part was very upsetting. So I'm not going to say what he did. But I will say that he was arrested on charges of burglary, trespassing, and cruelty to animals. So you're saying that he ate animals? I don't know if he ate them, but he definitely killed animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The following month, Rod gathered friends Anderson, Dana Cooper, and his girlfriend Charity Kesey to drive back to Eustis to pick up Heather. He claimed the plan was to move to New Orleans where they could live as a vampire family, which is actually not a bad idea because on that show, Dark Tourist, I'm pretty sure he does visit a vampire clan in New Orleans. Word. There's a lot of weird shit in New Orleans, which is why I love it. It's so much fun. But you have to fly at the right time and you have to go at the right time and not during Mardi Gras because it's too expensive. I'm sure, yeah. Because we're the dime store podcast. Yep, right? Murder on a dime. (laughs) Um, Murder on a dime makes me picture, like, those old-timey news reporters. Or not news reporters. 
um, those old timey like detectives, like uh, I don't know. I'm probably picturing like a Mary Kate and Ashley movie, but I'm just like picturing this like detective, except you're hiring them to kill someone, murder on it. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why murder I'm on a dime <laughs> for only ten ninety nine. Oh my god! All today, so five installments of ten ninety nine. Murder <laughs> on a dime. Do you think somebody <laughs> murdered? We'll come to you. <laughs> oh my god okay he oh rod also thought that heather needed saving because she told him that her parents abused her which now again if that's true that's horrible but every all the coverage i saw it looked like like they would talk about differences of opinion with her parents and like rebelling against her parents over cleaning her room but it seemed like trivial like typical teenager stuff i didn't see anything that said like she was like abused or anything but i don't know could have been but so she was in her letter she was telling rod like how awful her family life was so he was like we're gonna go save heather so on november 25th 1996 heather as i said earlier crossed over so that's the ceremony we're in you she drinks rod's blood and then she becomes a vampire I'm and so you high. also have to wear a corset from the 1600s <laughs> um remember call 1-800 m-u-r-d-e-r 1-800 murder murder on a dime <laughs> okay yeah so heather crossed over in a local cemetery because they just needed to be as creepy as possible Uh, Then Rod says he took LSD and then went to the Wendorf home to steal their car. And Heather claims she told him, I don't want you messing with my parents. Just leave them alone. Mm -hmm. However, that was not the case because court documents show that the first thing Rod did upon entering the house was bludgeon Richard Wendorf as he slept on the couch. Like they said, he... Pro- he probably didn't even know what was happening because he was he looked to be asleep and the way the blood spatter was it was just like he just took him out jesus yeah and meanwhile heather's mom had been in the shower in another room which was like a different part of the house so she didn't hear any of it and obviously there wasn't much of a struggle because he was asleep so then they he finds her in the kitchen and she throws hot coffee or hot water or something at him which like props to you but he still was able to catch her and he apparently hit her so hard with a crowbar that it severed her brainstem killing her instantly damn yeah really really fucking brutal and both victims were then given ritualistic burns and after Rod searched the house for jewelry and credit cards and whatever else was little that he could steal, the group left in the Wendorf's family. Wendorf family's blue Ford Explorer. He murdered people for a blue Ford Explorer. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, and some money, but not a lot. I'm so over this podunk story. I know, and apparently they stop somewhere randomly and just switched plates because obviously they would be tracing the car. But even though they did that, they were still found two days later or no, two days later, murder warrants were put out for Rod Anderson, charity, Dana and Heather, because they didn't know if Heather was involved or not. The group was found in Baton Rouge, Louisiana after charity tried to call her mom to get more money. Her grandmother was the one who ended up answering the call And she's a bad bitch. So when she explained the situation to her, she was like, yeah, how about instead of giving you money, I turned you into the fucking cops because you murdered people. (laughs) So they went and found them. Her her grandma's in Baton Rouge? Yeah. That sounds like a grandma from Baton Rouge. (laughs) It does. (laughs) I don't care if you are my granddaughter. I'm calling the police. You're fucking murderers. I like it. I respect it. That's what you should do. Get out. Get the fuck away from me, you psycho grandkid. I never liked you anyways. (laughs) So after this comes out in the media, the teens were dubbed the vampire clan. When news breaks, Sandra, that's Rod's mom, she immediately jumps to his defense. Problem is, while she's trying to defend him, it comes out that she had reported him to juvenile authorities because 
he was, in her words, out of control. She found weed in the house. Whoops. Whoops. (laughs) Um, And she said that he was involved in a satanic cult. He stayed out all night. He would cut his arms and drink the blood. Oh, yeah. And he threatened to kill his mother. But his mom is like, well, I'm obviously not dead. So he didn't mean it. He would never hurt me. Cool. Well, I mean. All right. So she was in complete denial despite all of the evidence that the couple was. She claimed that the couple was dead when her son got there. And the kids just ran off so that they wouldn't be connected mistakenly to the crime. Sure. That, sure. Sounds, that sounds very reasonable. And I she- am not three eels in a hat. <laughs> not pay attention to the squiggly electric current coming from beneath my coat. <laughs> So, yeah, I I said this earlier, but it sounds like his mom was, you know, a part of this vampire shit because um, so Rod was initially crossed over by this guy, Stephen Jaden Murray, and who sired him by drinking his blood and then sharing his blood with Rod. But Jaden's he Jaden still like believed he was a vampire, but he thought you just like take a little bit of blood and then like. That gives you power or life or whatever it was. But just you just take a little bit. You just take what you need, basically. Whereas Rod was just like, I want to take as much as I want to take, even if you end up dead. And Jaden was like, I could seriously see him hurting someone. Yeah. So major regret there. You know know what's a better power drink from Florida? Mix, Mix together a Gatorade and some energy drink. Mix it together and pretend that it doesn't taste like it does. And then you'll be hydrated and ready to go, go, go. You don't need to drink blood to do that. There's a more American way. So while this was happening, so her son is like 16 or so. And this is when Sandra was writing apparently lurid letters to this was Jaden's 14 year old brother. She wanted to be his bride for eternity. So she, he definitely was getting a lot of that from her. So they all get brought in. Heather said she had no idea Rod was going to kill her family. She said she never wanted him to do that. She told law enforcement that after Rod returned with the family's Ford Explorer, she knew something wasn't right, but she followed him anyway because he was the boss. Well. Yeah, so she, they took her to uh, the grand jury, had to rule on her case because they tried to take her to court or to, they tried to charge her and they just, they couldn't. I don't know. So Heather wasn't charged. Um, The sheriff was fucking furious. Anderson, who did get jail time, thinks he's where he is because of Heather and Rod. He said they planned it together. And he's pissed that she got off scot-free. Meanwhile, Rod's parents are fucking delusional. And they say he was a good boy who was just being used as a scapegoat. His last name is Farrell. I'm sorry. Very <laughs> turned against you if your last name is Farrell. No, I'm serious. If your last name is Farrell and you're charged of brutal murder and you enter a jury, there's going to be association in the jury's mind that you're already Farrell. Yep. It's true. I would be like, oh, a feral, feral. All right. Yeah, he did it. I mean, he's already guilty. He has a guilty name. It's so funny because you're thinking that feral, but when I read it, I just immediately thought Will Farrell. Will Farrell, guilty name. <laughs> but Rod apparently enjoyed the attention. He would tell whoever would listen that he was being framed by a rival group of vampires. Then he also said he had multiple personalities because at this point, why not? Just throw it off. I love how people try to throw out the insanity plea at the very end. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, also this. Like when Liz Lemon tries to get out of jury duty on Dirty Rock, and she's like, bleep, blurp, and dresses up as Princess Leia. We've seen it. This is the third one this morning. (laughs) Despite all the theatrics, he shocked everyone when he pled guilty to two counts of murder in the first degree at the February 8th, 1998 trial. 
And this was all because he was trying to avoid the death penalty. Well, that eight ball's coming at you real quick now, Farrell, isn't it? <laughs> the judge told him, I think you are just, I, blah, blah. I think you are a disturbed young man. I think your family failed you. I think society failed you. And then he was sentenced to death anyway. Word. At the time, Rod held the record at 17 for being the youngest prisoner in America on death row. And interestingly enough, he was sentenced to death by electrocution. So he got his dream. He did not. Because it was later commuted to life in prison because Florida Supreme Court decided defendants had to be at least 17 when they committed a crime in order to get execution. Uh, And he was 16. A dream. When he committed the crime. Wish your heart (laughs) when you're fast asleep. You can commit some murders and be sentenced to die the way you've always dreamed. Excellent. Thank you. Anderson pleaded, pled. I feel like it's, I think technically it's pleaded, but I think that sounds dumb. So Anderson pled guilty in April, 1998 and received two life sentences. And on the episode of deadly Colts, uh, Anderson said, I've spent 22 years in prison because I let this numbskull influence me to that level. So that's a... Who's numbskull? uh, Rod. Oh. He was like Rod's henchman and he said, I've spent 22 years in prison because I let this numbskull influence me to that level. And the thing is, he spent 22 years, but that's not... Like, he's not out. He... That's just what he'd done so far. Word. Well, here's a lesson for you kids still in school. Don't join a vampire cult. Don't help anyone murder anyone. Don't help anyone at all. Just look out for yourself and do your fucking homework and get away from your weird hometown, even if it's a city that other people enjoy. Just get out of where you live for a little bit mm-hmm. and do your homework. Go to therapy. This is how you, you know, just don't, don't do stupid shit. It seems really easy to say that now that we're turning 30 this year. <laughs> ah! But it was really easy to do stupid shit when I was younger. And I was like, this is the smart thing to do. (laughs) Do no harm, but don't take shit. Exactly. Let's get that on a t-shirt. Stay in school. Smoke weed. Don't do um, other drugs. Um, You you know what? You could do other. You know what? I'm not. I'm not your mother. You can do. (laughs) Just don't do an eight ball. Eight balls make no sense. You're just doing harm for harm's sake because why are you doing heroin if you're also doing cocaine at the same time? I know it's supposed to even it out, but really you're just playing with fire there. And, you know, it's why would if you want to you want bliss with heroin, but you're bringing it down. I just you're bringing it down with the cocaine. I just I don't get it. I know. I know. It's a bad decision. Uh, sorry. Um, oh, so you know Dana. Weed. Weed doesn't kill you. No, weed doesn't kill people. I know there's been all that drama in, I was going to say in the air. (laughs) There's been all that drama uh, online and in the news about vapes killing people. It's First of all, jewels are more dangerous because you're ingesting more tobacco more quickly than you think. And the vapes that are troublesome are the ones that have random additives and vitamin E and all that that shit. Because they're not good vapes. Like if your stuff is getting tested and if it's legal, you don't have to worry about it. Wouldn't it be nice to have legal things? <laughs> Come to LA. I know. It's like waiting. It's waiting for me. at some. Yep. So point. much weed is waiting for you. I can walk to at least three dispensaries. And one of the ones that I can walk to, one, is one of the best in – I don't know if it's in the Valley or if it's in LA. Even LA feels really big. But last time, well, no, not last time I was there. But a couple weeks ago when I went, I met Ben Kissel and Henry Zabrowski from last podcast on the left. And they were really cool. So yeah, it's a cool place. It's called The Higher Path. I love it. That's where I got these baby Jeters that are very strong and very much not baby. Okay, so Dana Cooper and Charity Kesey. They made plea deals in exchange for lesser sentences. Charity got a 10-year sentence. 
Dana received 17 years. Both of them have since been released from prison. Word. As of December 2018, Anderson's sentence was reduced to 40 years, including time already served. So he will be 51 when he is released from prison in 2032. Damn. His whole fucking life. That's why you don't, like, I get it can be thrilling to hang out with, like, someone who's more risky than you're used to. But, like, if someone is genuinely doing something that you know is going to get them in trouble, like, it's not fucking worth it. You could end up spending your entire youth in jail or you could end up dead. Like, it's just not worth it. Also, if you're already doing heroin and coke by the time you're in high school, like, just hang out with the kids who are smoking weed and taking molly and like doing shrooms and like drinking in the forest just stick with that bat like tradition you don't have to go all you don't have to crank it all the way to 10 yeah go to like five and that's bad enough you know (laughs) your parents will be disappointed people who are nerdy will be like oh my god they're so scary did you hear what they did that would be me i would be scared of you (laughs) because i i was a big old nerd before i went on my path, my own personal path of self-destruction. Same. I mean, We're still kind of a nerd, but... Same friends. <laughs> oh, here, here is what I was trying to say earlier. Grand juries declined to press charges against Heather Wendorf twice, so she got away with no charges, even though I think she was involved, allegedly, because I obviously don't know. Do not sue us, please. She lived with her attorney until she came of age, And then as of 2006, she was said to be married and studying art in North Carolina. But so she, I guess, technically had a good life after that. But she was obviously alienated from her family. Like she never talked to Jennifer again. So um, I don't know. Don't fucking kill your parents or have your parents killed or hang out with people who might kill your parents. Yeah. Also, don't listen. Listen, ladies, don't hang out. I just got really close to the screen. So she really means this, you guys. Yeah. Listen, ladies, do not fall for a guy who has to steal a Ford Fiesta, a Ford Focus. What was it? I don't know. Hold on. I, how do I not know? I said it like four times. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't find it anywhere in here. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. You'd think I didn't write these notes. I'm the one who wrote these. Why can't I find it? Explore. Ford ladies if you are chasing or lusting after a man who wants to steal your parents ford explorer don't fall for him at least fall for someone who wants to steal a mercedes or like an aston martin or what's the what's the elon musk one oh no tesla but that yeah Tesla's well, I guess you could steal a Tesla because they're worth 100 G's, but like, but yeah, don't date someone who's gonna steal a fucking ten thousand dollar car. Not even, not even steal a car, he's gonna murder your own parents to take, like, he can't even just steal the car. But honestly, I don't think it has anything to do with the car. Like, they said they needed the car to run off to New Orleans, but they could have just stolen a car. I think Rod just wanted to kill someone. And I think yeah. Heather had complained about her parents. So either A, he was tr- he was trying to justify his actions by calling it gallantry, but he really just wanted to kill someone. Or the worst case scenario is that Heather really did hate her parents and did plan the murder with him. But we do not know that. Either way, I think he do- knew going into it. Like, I think he was like, Because he'd been, you know, drinking all that blood for so long. I think he was like, I'm done with playing. I want to fucking take someone's life. Because he, because earlier what I was saying is like Jaden, the one who like taught him, he believed in just like, you know, like sharing it with everyone, like just taking what you need, not hurting the person you take from. Whereas Rod was very much like, I will get power and I will get life if I take someone else's. Like Jennifer's body. Yeah. Also, which uh, is very underrated. Oh, I love that movie. I do too. <laughs> also, oh, what I was going to say that, um, oh yeah, like don't fuck with cats. The people who are like, yo, he started with cats. He's going to move on to oh, yeah. people and no one believes No, and that's what they fucking always it's do. Like, no, 
if you're killing like innocent animals, you're, I mean, you're just fucked. You're fucked, man. I mean, like, I literally couldn't even say what he did. And it's not like it went into graphic detail. I just don't like the idea of dogs dying. It makes me so sad. But, like, he's fucking breaking into a shelter just so he can kill things. Like, uh, this is not just teenage angst. Like, you need to fucking deal with this shit. But, again, he was set up to fail because his fucking vampire mom, who's trying to lure 14-year-olds to become their eternal brides, like, obviously she's not showing him any kind of behavior he can follow no well, she is and that's the problem she's not giving him behavior to emulate exactly if you're emulating your psycho parents you're doing it wrong yes go get to any turn on the tv make mr rogers your fucking parent make like there are so many i mean there's a lot of bad people in tv but there are so many good even it's cheesy but if you put on modern family like there are so many different types of people who care for their, you know, family members. It's like, I don't know. You know what? Try to, try to redirect that Put love yourself. and affection. It could even be like a neighbor, a teacher at school, not in a creepy, lusty way, but just in an admiration way, like uh, Matilda and Miss Honey. Put yourself, wrap yourself in a, if you're young and cute enough, wrap yourself in blankets, put yourself in a basket, float yourself down the <laughs> river, and you'll be picked up by a beautiful woman. There you go. Like Moses. Yes. But without the plagues and like, you know, everything that happened. Yeah. Yeah, It's a lot. A lot of things. A lot of things happen. Yeah. But yeah, you just like, you know, look real cute in a basket. Everyone will love you. (laughs) I'm picturing you in a basket. Thank you. Put a bow on it. (laughs) What color? Like a blue bow. That's what I was picturing. Thank you. I feel like I am a girl, yes. But I can like blue. Yeah, exactly. I'm only 30 years old. Well, that was that's all I had on them. I just I was flipping through and I realized I could access oxygen if I used my parents' cable login. So I was watching like all these true crime shows and I find cults fascinating. And this was a vampire cult, and I was like, fuck yeah, that's my next case. But I will also say, and Helene also said, we are going to do an episode that's just talking about the Aaron Hernandez case. I don't know when yet because we're coordinating with Shannon, who was on the podcast for the Cannabis Cafe episode. She also has the website Nightmarish Conjurings and reviews stuff all the time. And so she and she's from Boston, I want to say. No, is that completely wrong? What team was he on? Oh, he was on the Patriots in Boston. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, Boston. But she um, could so be she, from New England. Huh? She could be somewhere in New England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew. So she I knew that she grew well, I think it was Boston though, because I think because I know that sports energy is really intense. Like, like I mean Philly's super intense. But um, but she I think she was saying like watching it not only as someone who's like, you know, true crime, whatever, but like she's also from that area and she knows how people are with the sport and like all of that pressure. Um, So that should be really fun and I'm excited, but we are coordinating with three people. So I don't want to promise when that will come out, but I'm excited to do it. Same. Um, Now, shall we say goodbye? I think we shall. Goodbye. Uh, Don't eat cat's blood. Oh my gosh. You know what? I just thought of when you started singing, I thought of, um, so long farewell to you, my friend. Goodbye for now until we meet again. And I said so long farewell to you, my friend. (laughs) Goodbye for now until we meet again. How funny that we both remember that. Oh, Tony and Viv. Oh, God, if you don't know what that is, I'm sorry. (laughs) TV, kid TV, like in a lot of ways, TV has gotten so much better. But I still maintain that kid TV has only gotten worse because I think we were in the golden age of kid TV. Gullah Gullah Island. Oh, I fucking loved Gullah Gullah Island. Binya Binya. And in Girl Scouts, we would play the game that they play on the show where it's like, jump in, jump out. 
turn yourself about, jump in, jump out, introduce yourself. Oh, and it would be like, my name is Kayla and I love Girl Scouts. I'm going to be a Girl Scout for the rest of my life. And then everybody would repeat it. And then like, I mean, I don't know what we would actually say, but it definitely was cheesy. <laughs> and I like pizza. And give me pizza. And I won't cry. <laughs> um, yeah. My name, so. my name is Helen. I do not eat cats. But if I did, it would be the ones from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the creepy half-human cats? Yeah, with the hands and the boobs. I would be like, nope. Oh, the go. weird fake boobs. Like, why? Why did they do, like, weird cat boobs? And then deleting private, like, well, I'm so confused by everything that Thomas Hooper did. I know. I really, like, people have talked about seeing it high and, like, maybe that would be fun. I saw Dr. Do- no, not Dr. Doolittle. The new one is called Doolittle, and it got really bad reviews because it is a shit show of a movie, but I will tell you, I saw it high, and it was so fucking delightful. It was so beautiful because it was just like, it was super fucking cheesy. It was ridiculous, but it all, was also a bunch of cute animals talking with cute little voices or amazing voices like fucking Emma Thompson. I, I mean, it was great. I had a great time. See it high. Instead of cats, which I'm scared to see because it looks so creepy, see Doolittle and just see it high. And it's just, I mean, seeing kid, watching kids movies high is so fun. Watch everything high. <laughs> that too. Mm-hmm. After this, I'm going to watch The Circle. After this, I'm going to sleep. Well, yeah, you're three hours behind. Well, yeah. ahead. Ahead. I'm yeah. ahead. Hey, that's you're what I behind. meant. You're behind, LA. I'm okay with, with it, though, because it's only nine for me. Good for you. <laughs> All right. Later, Later buds. Don't eat cats. <laughs> oh, man. Or people. Yes. Neither. Just eat food. <laughs>